Welcome to Challenging Silence, a podcast by Women's Health and Women's Hands Community Health Center. We are back again to have much needed discussions about topics related to female genital mutilation or cutting with survivors, advocates, and community members. We're your hosts, Tommy Lola and Sauda. Challenging Silence is brought to you by The Flourish Project, made possible through funding from Women and Gender Equality Canada. You can listen to this podcast series on all major podcast listening platforms and our website, flourishaccess.ca. Please note that this podcast covers topics of sensitive nature, including domestic abuse and violence. To ensure privacy and safety, some guests have chosen to remain anonymous. This podcast is age-appropriate for 16+. plus. Hello, and welcome to episode four. Today, we are bringing something different to our listeners. We would like to tell a story to promote the end of FGMC by exploring alternative cultural or social rituals and ceremonies that can replace FGMC as a rite of passage for women. Please note that this is a work of fiction. All persons and scenarios portrayed in the story are not based on real people or events. Any resemblance to actual events or persons, living or dead, is entirely confidential. Isatu is a dedicated second-year law student of Canadian Malian heritage. She is currently on summer break and returns to her close-knit immigrant community in Ottawa. In one of her courses, she learned about refugees and law. I guess lecturer spoke about the fear of gender prosecution as a ground for claiming refugee status, using FGMC as a case study example. Isitu is aware that FGMC is a common but secretive practice within her community. Although she has not openly spoken about her views with family and friends, Isitu has always disagreed with the practice and has felt powerless to make a difference. Believing it wasn't her place to challenge the deeply ingrained views of her community, Isitu hasn't seen her best friend Mayim, who is an FGM survivor, since she started school, so she decided to meet her at her home. Miriam, it's been so long. Yes, too long. How's law school? Tough, but worth it. How about you? Uh, I've been good. Miriam, I can see that something's bothering you. Are you okay? It's just that I overheard my mom speaking with Auntie Fatima. Uh, she's taking her granddaughter to Mali next month. You know, the girl is now 10 years old, and I am scared they're taking her for the cutting ceremony like they do for many of the girls right before puberty. When Maya was 10 years old, her mother took her to Mali for summer vacation, and she had FGM performed on her. 15 years later, the memory of pain still feels fresh in her mind, especially when there's talk that another girl from the community is going back home. 
Mayim has confined with Isa too many times during her journey towards healing, and they have both talked about how they wish they could do something to prevent other girls who are at risk. Really? That's unpleasant news. It's been a while since we had a girl taken home for cutting. I was starting to believe that the new generation of mothers are banning the practice. I was hoping so too. No girl should go to the pen. It is horrible. Even today, the cutting still has an impact on me. I want to stop Auntie Fatima, but I don't know how. I tried to bring the subject up with my mom, but I was dismissed. You know, our mothers and grandmothers often do not speak about FGM openly. Yeah, I wish there was something we could do. It has been a couple of days since the conversation between Mayim and Isatu. Isatu has received a devastating call from her cousin Yaya in Mali. A younger cousin has died due to complications from FGMC. Isatu is devastated by the news and her mind goes immediately to Auntie Fatima's granddaughter, who might be at risk of the same fate. Isatu calls Mayim to tell her that she is on her way to her house. She feels unrestful and they need to brainstorm a way to protect Auntie Fatima's granddaughter. In one of the courses, I learned that FGM is considered a crime in Canada. That includes performing it here or taking a child aboard. The process is to inform law enforcement authorities, child protective services, if a girl's at risk. I don't think going to the police is the solution. I would hate it if the girl is taken away from her family. We need to find a way to speak to the family and even the community as a whole. We need to bring awareness to the negative impacts of FGM. But to do that, we will need a community leader on our side. Someone that the community respects and will listen. Hmm, I think I know just the right person. I am in Isotu approach Grandma Amina to initiate a dialogue. She is a respected elder in the Malian community and she and her husband, Imam Abdul, are often called upon for advice and conflict resolution. FGM is our tradition, child. It's not for you to change. But it's hurting our girls. Grandma, my young cousin recently died, and Miriam? I've been silent for too long. Mayim shares her painful experience and how FGMC continues to negatively impact her life. However, Grandma Amina did not care what Mayim and Isatu had to say. She strongly believed in the practice, and there was no way they could change her mind about that. Grandma Amina does not want to let go of her forefathers' traditions and practices. Isatu and Mayim felt disappointed. However, they have hope that Isatu can use her legal knowledge to explore potential legal solutions by collaborating with an organization working to end FGMC. We can use the law to protect our girls, but we need allies. Girls deserve a celebration of their transition to womanhood. Isatu, Mayam, and the Allies worked tirelessly to develop an alternative rite of passage. The transition of a young girl into womanhood should be marked by a celebration that involves a party. They decided that during this occasion, female elders in the community will share stories, music, and dancing to educate the girls on what it means to be a woman. Unfortunately, some members of the community were resistant and skeptical of this new tradition when they were presented with the idea. When they hosted the first Celebration of Womanhood event, only a very small number of community members attended. As a result, 
ICTU and Mayim decided to organize monthly workshops in collaboration with Dr. Keta as a first step towards a change in the community. These workshops focus on educating FGMC survivors on how to take care of their health and overall well-being. They also aim to educate the elders on the legal aspect of practicing FGMC in Canada and discuss alternative rites of passage. Miriam, we've created something beautiful, something that preserves our culture without causing harm and celebrates the new rite of passage. I think we made a difference. So I think we made a difference? We did make a difference. I heard that some of the grandmothers and mothers have vowed not to cut their daughters or granddaughters. That's amazing. In the heart of Ottawa, a young woman's determination and the courage of a survivor have forged a new path. FGMC no longer defines their community. Instead, they've chosen to preserve their cultural traditions without causing harm to their beloved girls. Auntie Fatima decided not to cut her granddaughter. Isatu returns to school while Mayim continues to advocate work with a sense of hope and unity, emphasizing the importance of dialogue, education, and legal action against FGMC. This audio drama explores the challenges, heartaches, and terms of a young woman's journey to end the practice of FGMC within her community, highlighting the power of community dialogue, legal advocacy, and the development of an alternative cultural ceremony that preserves heritage without harm.